God's good all the time. I want to um, preach this morning from uh, Genesis 1. It's a good place to start, isn't it? Genesis 1, verse 1. I'm going to read through verse 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Words are very important, and, and the, the order of words is important. If I were to say to you, girls are as good as boys at math. Now, that sounds like a reasonable statement, but it, but it contains power in the way it's said. The sentence tries to send the message that both sexes are equal in their abilities. Girls, it seems to say, are equal to boys in their ability at math, but words are so powerful. And so in order, uh, the order in which the word, words are used is important. Because girls are mentioned first and boys are mentioned second, the implication is that being good at math is more common or natural to boys. That's just the way we say it. Does order make a difference? Consider another statement. Boys are as good as girls at talking about their emotions their feelings. Now that doesn't feel as good, does it? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's true. You might say, no way. Boys aren't as good at sharing their feelings. But most would say that, yes, girls are definitely good at it. Because girls are mentioned second, the implication is that there is a... Uh, It's natural for girls to be stronger in talking about their feelings. Would you ever say, same sentence, girls are as good as boys at talking about their feelings? No. It, it, it just is wrong. <laughs> it's backwards. Whenever we make comparisons, we include the more typical or common object as the second item in the comparison. So if you were to say that tents are like houses, that would be more uh, or easier to digest for us, easier for us to, to process than houses are like tents. Same words, different order, 
same sort of feeling, but one seems wrong and one seems right. Because the second one, the order of it, is usually the comparative point, right? <laughs> so you wouldn't say that horses are like zebras. It's more common for you to say that zebras are like horses. So going back to the question about boys and girls in math, researchers at Stanford University have found that most people associate a natural math ability with gender written in the second part of the sentence. The result, says one of the researchers, is that statements that imply that boys are naturally more talented could be contributing to women's underrepresentation. Such statements may have caused women not to have pursued um, physics and, and sciences to the degree that men have. That what may be the case is that, is that women were just underrepresented in the numbers. But because our experience is the boys are better at math. We have, we have pushed an agenda that we didn't even know we had, excluding women from the sciences, from the math. And it's just, it's not good. But we do that. Language is very important. And we're seeing that all over the world today. Language is being used in, in uh, very careful ways to make us believe situations around us are different than we might naturally believe. But if you keep saying it long enough, people will believe it. Words really do shape the worlds that we live in. The book of Genesis begins with God creating the universe, the earth was formless void and uh, a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep that's genesis 1:2 god did not create the universe out of nothing but instead made it out of a dark formless watery chaotic space something we might imagine as swirling gas or liquid that's what he created the world out of you know so it's the world was without form and void and darkness over the face of the deep. There was something there to start with. It wasn't ex nihilo, as the Latin would say, from nothing. It was from something. He'd created something. But out of that something, he made something beautiful. Genesis makes it clear that God uh, was separate from creation, saying that a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. So the word wind or spirit, you'll see it in verse 2, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That, that's the word ruach, R-U-A-H. Uh, and it means wind 
or spirit or breath. The word reminds us that God's spirit can come to earth as a mighty wind as he did on the day of Pentecost or as a gentle breath as when Jesus breathed on the disciples said receive my spirit receive the Holy Spirit wind spirit and breath all three are important words at the heart of God's creative work on the first day God created the powerful light that is absolutely essential for life. And God did it using nothing but four words. Let there be light. Let there be light. And with that, we got the sun. <laughs> Amazing. Genesis 1-3. God used a set of words... God used a set of words to bring order out of chaos and light out of darkness. This creative speech of God has continued throughout history through the words of the prophets and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Words create worlds. Uh, in a book that I read uh, an excerpt from recently, a, a Methodist pastor, Harley Camden, uh, speaks about the power of words. He says, I'm convinced that words create reality. He then goes on to explain that it's a biblical idea. Think of God creating the world in Genesis, saying, let there be light, and there was light. Jesus, as describing in the New Testament, the, is described in the New Testament as the Word. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream, and, and millions of people started to have a vision of the dream that he had. A worlds were created out of that. Whether you say, I love you or I hate you, there's a difference. Words are huge and, and create, create destinies. Yeah. And if we, can, if we can catch that, we are making choices that, are, are, that we think it's just my emotions and I have to let it out or it is the truth and I have to let it out. I have a good friend. Ken is his name. We grew up together. Uh, he... He, he, he had trouble reading at the beginning, and, and uh, so they categorized him as, as stupid. Teachers told him, you, you are stupid. And he started to wear that. Like, he, he, if he got a C, it was worth celebrating. We, you know, like <laughs> we had a great time. But most of his life, he got Ds and Es. I was getting As and Bs. I was being encouraged. But Ken was not. And so Ken, he didn't have aspirations for, for achieving or anything like that. He was just very careful all of his life because, because he was stupid, right? Now, I admire him immensely because his life has turned out really good. Terrible circumstances that he lived through, but, 
but because he was careful, didn't want to didn't want to take chances. He has a beautiful house. Um, everything is paid off. He 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 rose to the place where he was he was uh, essentially running a a plant, a big plant with lots of people in in uh, um, South Vancouver, and. Um, you know, his net worth would be over $2 million today, uh, easily. Um, I, who is brilliant, uh, may have a negative net worth <laughs> financially. Uh, I don't want to create that world. <laughs> but, but just the, the world that was created for both of us, he was, he was stupid, so he didn't take any chances. And he's the furthest thing from stupid you would ever see. He's an amazing man. He's not even slow. He's like, at that, that particular year, he could have used some help from a teacher uh, that would have made a difference in his life. But, and I got lots of help from teachers because I was seen as gifted. You know? uh, my world was created through their words. And I, I took chances all my life. And he didn't. And I admire him for that. So, that being said, I believe that they created a world for him that he, he, he was able to thrive in. They created a world for me that I've been able to thrive in in other ways. But what are we doing at home? We have people that, that, are, that are texting me uh, because... One spouse is negative all the time. Every word that comes out of the mouth of this person is, is negative. And the other one can hardly wait to leave the house. Because it's just a breath of fresh air. That, that spouse is creating her own world. And it's a very big shame. I, we, have, we have someone else that, that I talked to that... He, he is negative in his words, and he's continually putting down his spouse and continually putting down his kids. He, he doesn't mean to. He, um, most of the time, he's lifting them up, but they say that it takes at least seven positive words to, to turn a ne one negative word. And that seems to be overwhelming if you speak like five negative words in a row. Uh, Okay, 35, <laughs> or, or something. Like, what kind of a world are we creating in our own houses, in our own minds? What kind of self-talk do we have? How do you speak to yourself? Are you, are you speaking the, the negative words that the enemy speaks to you, the lies, because he is the father of lies. He speaks lies to you, and you repeat them to yourself. Well, I'm a loser. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to amount to anything. Oh, I'm always this way, or I'm always that way. You're creating a world. Words create worlds. It's a, it's a trap. Words have always been crucial in the creative work of God. In Genesis, this work was continued when God called the light day and darkness he called night. 
That's in Genesis 1.5. Day and night were created when God called those periods day and night. Then God went on to use words to create earth and seas, vegetations, birds, cattle, and finally humankind. At the end of the creative work, God said or saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. In Genesis, God used divine words to create a good world for us to enjoy. God used good words to create a divine world for us to enjoy. It's amazing. But human words do not always have such positive effect. If a friend gossips about us, we feel hurt. If strangers yell at us, we feel stung. If people speak to us with disrespect, tensions arise. Words are very important. During this last four years, we, we have gone through a, a, a time when, when, when people seem free to gossip about, about this church and its leadership. And every time, every time those things were happening, we felt physical manifestations, pains in our body, and we didn't understand why there was pain in our body, or we would feel physically sick. My, my dear wife, who is, is uh, uh, intercessory and, and a burden bearer, um, she, she would feel things one day and uh, feel sick, and the next day an email would come uh, uh, saying nasty things, untrue things. But, but words that, that affected us physically. Like, how can words affect people physically? Well, it does, because our words have power in the spirit realm. Christians that gossip, like, it's a sin. It is a sin to gossip. It's a sin to talk about things or that you weren't there and you're just, you're just sharing those things. It is a sin. And we, we tend to overlook it because it's, that's just church. You know, we care about those people and we want to let everybody know. But it's a sin like murder. As a matter of fact, Jesus would call it murder. You've murdered them in your heart. So... <laughs> In an analysis of police body camera footage, when the BLM movement was going on, I, Black Lives Matter, um, uh, I, I was convinced in my heart that they were right, but I wanted to see if there was anything scientific that you could put to it. And so I, I found a, uh, a, a research paper by Stanford researchers and, and they found that police officers speak less respectfully to black citizens than to white citizens. And this is in Canada as well. Uh, mostly in Toronto they had some of these interactions. White, white residents were more likely than black residents to hear the, the police officer say thank you or offer an apology. 
black citizens were more likely than white citizens to be called bro or dude and have the officer issue commands like hands on the steering wheel. In, in their study, they, they didn't find that there was a lot of swearing. They just kind of put aside those ones. They wanted to, to compare apples to apples if they could. These were well-behaved officers that they were looking at, and many small differences in how they spoke with community members added up to a pervasive racial disparity. This research suggests that subtle differences in language may be eroding relationships between police and the communities they serve. That was their finding. Subtle differences just in the words, little words that you use, erodes relationships. How can that be? But it is. <laughs> words create worlds. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth with words alone. And our speech continues to create the world that we live in. As Christians, we are challenged to take words seriously as we follow Jesus, the one who is the word of God in human form. John 1, 14. Throughout history, think of how words have been used in the church to control, diminish, and oppress people. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 6.5. These words were used to support the institution of slavery. I have a, a book uh, by a southern author uh, written at the time of the Civil War that, that makes a strong biblical case for slavery, God being in favor of slavery. Fortunately, I have three other books that also approach the subject, and they say that it's so wrong the way he's used the words. <laughs> but it's easy to make a point if you want to just look at uh, part of the evidence. Women should be silent in church, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 34. These words were used to prevent women from preaching and teaching. Accept the authority of every human institution. Now I'm hearing that a lot these days again. Apostle Paul says that in 1 Peter 2, 13. These words give oppressive governments permission to abuse innocent citizens. Words. These words were written in another time and place, but yet they continue to have a negative impact on life in the 21st century. They don't draw us closer to God, who created the heavens and the earth with powerful words, and they do not help us to follow Jesus Christ, the human face of God. Clearly, we need better words today to help us. Our speech should reflect God's desire for equality between people of every race. God created humankind in his image, says the book of Genesis. In the image of God, he created them. 
verse 27 of the first chapter of Genesis. Every human being is created in the image and likeness of God, whether black, white, brown, or any other color. Until we treat everyone as equally valuable creation of God, at police stops and all other human encounters, we will not be being faithful to the word of God. Genesis also tells us that male and female, God created them. Now that's the order he says that in. Isn't that interesting? Male and female, he created them. One, verse, one, verse 27 of the first chapter of Genesis. Men and women were made equally in the image and likeness of God, a design for humanity that has been ignored throughout much of human history. In fact, it was just over a century ago, on August 18, 1920, that the 19th Amendment was ratified in the United States, giving women of the United States the right to vote. Now, you're going to be just thrilled to know that in Canada, we were two years ahead of them. We're always ahead of the states, right? <laughs> May 24th, 1918, Canada issued the decree that women had the right to vote. But you look at how God frames this. He says, male and female, God created them. Since males come first and females come second, the word order indicates that females are the standard. Right? Girls are as good as boys at math. <laughs> the men are giving me evil eyes. And that, I'm, I'm not making a hard point on that. I'm just, it's just interesting to look at it. Finally, we need words that reflect the truth of Jesus, the Word of God, who became flesh and dwelt among us. In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. Matthew seven twelve. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mark twelve thirty one. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Luke 6, 36. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. John 13, 34. Since words create worlds, we need to be using language that communicates the equality of the human being created by the Lord, as well as words that equate truth love, and mercy of Jesus. On the first day, God brought order out of chaos, light out of darkness. We can do the same with words that we speak today. Our speech should reflect equality between people of every race, as well as truth, love, and the mercy of Jesus. Words create worlds, and we we need to recognize 
that we have the power of life and death in our words. Every word is important and it frames the world that we will live in. The spouse that, that is critical of everything in, in their life creates the world within which they live. The daddy that is negative in his words to his children creates his future world. We need to pay attention to how, how the word of God says things and be careful to follow that in every way we can. Because in these days, truth is at a premium. Truth has, has never been obfuscated more, hidden more, maligned more. Fake news was not even a, a phrase 10 years ago, but now you hear it every day because truth is hard to find. We need to, we need to start somewhere. And the place to start is us with God, each of us with God. Can we move forward from here, being careful to follow God's word, being careful to honor God's word, and to be careful to treat one another properly, respectfully, with, with words that we might see in the Bible. The change has to start somewhere. Like they said about cleaning up the environment, think globally, act locally. <laughs> so we need a change in the world, act locally. Do something about it yourself. Don't, don't, be, don't be quick to share words that may be false. Don't be quick to share words that are maligning or untrue in any way. Don't be quick to share gossip words just because they tickle our ears. Don't be quick to, to hurt others with your words. But start with Jesus and what he says about you. Because he won't say a negative word about you. He's always uplifting, always positive. If you spend time with him, that's the way you'll want to be with others as well. So let's pray. Wonderful, delightful, careful in his words. Father, we come to you. Jesus, you are the word. And you tell us how to live with one another. That we should love one another. And love in a, in a way that is not brotherly love or, or romantic love, but 
agape love. We're to love one another. How do we love one another? Well, we create our worlds with our words. Help us, Lord, to see the significance of that and to walk in the significance of that. Help us to create our tomorrow by being positive in our today. Help us not to fill the air with words because we'll be judged for every idle word, <laughs> but to be careful with our words and loving with our words. Help us to be about your business in this world today. Help us to discern truth and help us to walk out that truth. We bless you, Lord, for what you're doing. Help us to see what it is you're doing in the world today. Help us to recognize your hand upon us. For so many of us, it looks like you're being silent and you're not acting, but I know better than that, Lord. You are very active and you're, you're processing something that you're going to spring on the world in delight one of these days. May it be a suddenly, Lord, where like a lightning bolt across the sky, where God Almighty has said, you haven't dealt with me yet. We know that you're able. Help us to be about your business and to recognize you when you begin to act and move. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're about. Would you bless each one at home? Lord, uh, as, we're, as we're somber and quiet before you, would you allow your wonderful Holy Spirit to move over the face of the deep again, bringing order out of chaos in our lives, bringing forms and worlds into, into action, bringing health where there has been sickness, bringing prosperity where there has been poverty, bringing reconciliation where there has been estrangement. Would you move amongst your people to do that this morning, Lord? Each one, wherever we're watching from, bring your goodness to bear upon us. We pray in your loving name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.